It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni. On VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM coming to you live from Circa Resort and Casino. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel at the desk today. Michael Lombardi getting some vacation time in after a long NFL season. I wanted to correct some of my phrasing from that last segment. The news of the day. Coming from the combine, not involving medicals or the NFL rumor mill, but rather that uh, a warrant has been issued for the arrest of former Georgia star defensive player Jalen Carter. And we had somebody boots on the ground who's going to join us right now. Patrick Finley, Bears reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, joins us now from Indy. And obviously, Patrick, Jalen Carter has been connected with the Bears when it comes to this draft process News that stunned, I know, all of us over the last couple of hours. What was that like when the news came down in Indy? Well, he was supposed to speak to us at about 1030 uh, at the Indianapolis Convention Center. We were kind of gathered about, I don't know, 10 o'clock, 10.05, something like that. And, and there was a report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution originally that said this this might be coming. And, and then an official statement is put out by the police out there saying that um, he that there was a warrant for his arrest. Uh, for uh, racing and for uh, reckless driving. Uh, he did not show up at the interview, obviously. It sounds like he is making his way home to go deal with that. Uh, it was one of the more bizarre scenes I can recall at the Combine. I've been doing this for 10 years, and, you know, it uh, never has a 
draft pick this high um, had something like this, uh, at least during that span. So as we look at this from the, the Bears' perspective, I mean, I, I guess the question would be, does this make them more or less likely to trade out of that first round, so the first overall pick? And, and what has been the sense that you get of what they've been doing in terms of their homework and what they wanted to do with that pick? Well, they want to trade the pick is what they want is what they want to do. They, they, they believe in Justin Fields. Ryan Poles talked yesterday about how, you know, he's going to look at quarterbacks in the draft, but that's mostly a due diligence thing, and that he believes that Justin Fields is their guy. So, if they're going to trade that pick, I mean, when I woke up this morning, uh, <laughs> uh, what I thought was that they could go no lower, no lower than four, because uh, if you figured that two quarterbacks went in the top four. And then you would end up with either Will Anderson, the Alabama edge rusher, or Jalen Carter. And if I were the Bears, I would have been thrilled with that outcome, especially if you could get, say, a first-round pick next year uh, for your troubles of trading down to four. Now, I don't know. That number might be three. Um, and if so, then things get real dangerous here because, uh, you know, one of the things Ryan Poles knows he can't do is he can't trade so far down that he ends up with someone other than a blue-chip player. Uh, the Bears need a lot of guys, uh, not just one in this draft. So uh, getting future draft assets is smart. But uh, at the end of the day, they need really good players. And, you know, if he trades too far down, he'll miss out on that. And Jalen Carter was the favorite to be the top defensive prospect off the board. And we talk about this time of year, how much homework all of these teams are are doing on different guys, going through the interview process, getting to know them off of the field. Like if you're any team that was interested in getting a player like this like what's the next step that you have to take at this point oh man um that is that's a good question i, I mean the seriousness of this can't be overstated I mean, I mean two people died uh these people were friends of his and, and friends of the georgia football program and you know that's a tragedy that they're still getting over down there and they probably won't be over for a long time uh, from a football point of view uh i think you need to make uh, character judgments uh, on Carter. And uh, I don't know how you do that in the next six weeks. I don't know whether this will get cleared up, so to speak, legally. Um, you know, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that, you know, he was racing uh, and then he left the scene and, and came back, you know, before emergency vehicles showed up and then came back hours later. Um, you know, what does that say? Uh, you know, and, and how might that be interpreted by teams wondering, uh, whether they want to invest a lot of money in this guy. Uh, those are some really serious questions. You know, teams uh, all have their own protocols and ways of trying to get at answers like that. But um, he, uh, you know, he was a sure thing prospect, yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought, uh, when I went to bed last night. And, and now now there has to be some doubt about that. So the, the Bears were really tied to Carter, as Stormy mentioned. Is this a thing where the Bears are really looking to add defensive talent in the NFL draft, or is this one where, like you mentioned, Patrick, it's more about blue-chip prospects and adding like the best guy that's going to be available wherever they end up landing after they trade the pick? Yeah, I mean, their defense stinks. I mean, let, let's be honest. It was, it was probably the second-worst pass rush they've had in the history of their franchise, uh, which is saying something because their franchise goes back to 1920. It is possible that six or seven of their front seven starters will be different this year than they were last year. So uh, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's, you know, the blue chip prospects in this draft are defensive players, and the Bears have needs there. Now, you know, one of the reasons we thought Carter was a good fit is because in Matt Eberflus's scheme, you know, this 4-3 that he runs, uh, you know, a three-technique tackle 
you know, he calls it the engine of the defense. It's not overstating it to say that it's probably the most important position on the field um, or definitely on the defensive side of the ball. And, and the Bears don't have one. So that always made sense. And then, you know, you look at Will Anderson and, you know, if he can be a reliable pass rusher, boy, the Bears could certainly use that. I mean, the person who led the Bears in sacks last year was a safety. So that is never, never a good thing. Here with Patrick Finley, Bears reporter of the Chicago Sun-Times, at Patrick Finley on Twitter. And as we, you know, throughout the course of Combine Week, listen to all of the GMs that get up on the podium and talk, you always have to do a little bit of the reading between the lines as well. What were some of your big takeaways from Ryan Poles um, getting up there and talking to reporters? Um, I, that he, number one, that he wants to trade the pick. Um, you know, he said that, you know, you know, since they found out that they were the number one, that they've been leaning toward trying to see what they can get. Uh, now, maybe things have changed in the last 24 hours, uh, but, but that's there. You know, he talked about Eddie Jackson, one of the, the Bears' safeties, who has a list frank injury, and there was some question as to whether he might be a cap casualty, but he's going to stick around. You know, once again, he talked about how much he loves David Montgomery. David Montgomery's a free agent, you know, but he admits that he can love a player, but if their numbers are, are not the same, then, then there's no deal there. Um, the Bears have the most money to spend in free agency of any team in football. Uh, I don't. I think that's an exciting thing for them, but I also think that they know to be cautious. You know, for the most part, good teams aren't built in free agency, and you can make a lot of mistakes overpaying guys. Um, you know, and one of the things Polk talked about yesterday a couple of different times was, you know, if you get two or three wins better because you sign a free agent, you know, what happens two years later when that contract explodes on you? And then you got to take two steps back. And was that worth it? Uh, that Those are things the Bears are going to have to think about. I, I think they're going to build the offensive and defensive lines uh, and, and try and protect Justin Fields and, and try and be able to get a stop on defense. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be some big bucks spent there, but they're definitely wary of, of going too crazy with it. So you mentioned, I've been, it's obvious, right? The, they need a lot. I, I think one of the things that was surprising this last offseason, Patrick, was the like the lack of moves to add stuff for Justin Fields, right? Whether it was like skill positions, whether it was offensive line. Do you think there's going to be more of an effort to see whether it is free agency or deeper in this draft to add some more skill position and just just help for Justin Fields, whether it be along the offensive line or some of the other guys that are going to be around him? Yeah, it would be hard to add less. Right. Let's put it that way. And and you know, and that's not second guessing. That was it. You know, in the moment. You know, yep. what we talked about, what people around the team talked about was. You know, if you're going to tear this thing down to the studs, that's fine. But, you know, but, but you need to make sure that Justin Fields uh, has help. You know, they gave him help when they traded, or they thought they were giving him help when they traded their second-round pick for Chase Claypool on November 1st. That second-round pick is now number 32 overall because the Dolphins' pick uh, is taken away from them. And Chase Claypool did very, very little for the Bears. That was really their one attempt at helping Justin, and it didn't go so well. Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to add at least one receiver, probably second tight end to go behind Colt Komet. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Komet and Darnell Mooney both got their contract extensions here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, it makes sense, whether it's David Montgomery or somebody else, to add another running back. But more than anything, they need to, they need to block for Justin. And that could be a left tackle or a right tackle. They like Braxton Jones, who was a rookie last year. He could play either spot. And, and you wonder whether uh, they'll keep building in the middle of that line, too. Uh, it would not be crazy if four of their five uh, offensive linemen uh, are new uh, this upcoming season.
And we know that that can take a little while for the guys up front to gel. A uh, team in the Bears that was 3-14 and 14 a year ago. But as far as it goes, when we're talking about that NFC North division, if this team is able to retool and kind of get some things together, what would the ceiling be for them in the division coming into 2023, you think? Oh, man, that would be tough. Uh, I think I need to know what Aaron Rodgers is doing first. Because Aaron <laughs> Rodgers owns Valid. the Bears. He owns, he owns the Bears. Just, just ask him. He'll tell you he owns the Bears. And, and he does. Uh, you know, I, I can't believe they'd be better than uh, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers on the team. Without it, it might be a different story. Uh, the Vikings and, and Lions are both playoff teams. Or, you know, the, the Vikings were a playoff team. I think the Lions can be a playoff team this upcoming season. They came so close last year. I mean, we might be looking at another fourth-place finish, even if the Bears do end up, I don't know, closer to 7-10 and 10, uh, than 3-14. and 14. Patrick, awesome stuff. Really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I know you're very, very busy in Indy, so we appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Thank you. Patrick Finley again, at Patrick Finley on Twitter. And uh, if you're just joining us, we talked at the top of the segment. It was expected earlier today that Jalen Carter was going to speak at the podium at the NFL Combine. But after the news came about that police had secured arrest warrants for Carter's alleged involvement in a fatal crash involving his teammate Devin Willick and recruiting staff member Chandler LaCroix, um, where he's expected to be charged with reckless driving and racing he is, um, as far as we all believe and understand right now, it seems he's heading back to Georgia to get some things worked out there. An unfortunate situation for all. Um, but as it pertains to us in the Sports Betting Network, he was a minus 105 favorite to be the top defensive player drafted. And now that number is off the board. We are going to step aside, but more Lombardi line coming at you from Circa Resort and Casino after a quick break. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Hmm, indeed. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game on vcin.com. Something must be very interesting happening happening on the Twitter machine based on. Oh no, not at all. Actually, the I just um, and haws. I just went um, public, I guess, on Instagram, and I just gained like fifty five followers because I had Instantly. like a bunch of people who had in, like added me. So see, uh, not among them though. Stormy Bonatoni. Or I told you, it's a stormy. Okay, so you guys, I would love you all to chime in on social media on this one. Tweet us at Storm Bonatoni at me JVT. So I don't follow people with private accounts. You know me. I don't know what you got going on. If it's private, what secrets are you hiding? Just a bunch of me. Like, they're just Bags reels, of hair and fingernails. I just, don't know what you got going just on. Just reels of me doing cocaine in public bathrooms. Lo- that's oh, all see, it is. see, that's I would like to follow that if oh, only it was public. <laughs> uh, by the way, we do have news today. that does matter to a little bit of uh, people. Anthony Davis is not going to play today versus the Thunder that just came down. So okay. for all those betters out there, once that market starts to move. Anyway, back to what you're talking so, about. So. Well, hey, just chime in. I'm curious your guys' thoughts if I'm overreacting to not following people with private accounts because what, there could be another JVT out there and I just click on it and then I'm following this stranger danger and it's all lies and then I'm going to get spammed and I don't like spam attacks. One of us has our DMs closed to the public. so mm. I'm a man of the people. <laughs> I'm still just appalled that you thought I didn't follow you on anything. I was like, we talk on Twitter all the time. This is, an, this is the VSIN++ subscription where you're, you're getting a little insight to the behind the scenes here. But we could go back to the Anthony Davis side of things here because okay. the Lakers in general 
I'm curious your opinion on now that LeBron James is dealing with the foot injury and it's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks, but the expectation is that that injury is going to last longer than that. Does the hope of them to at least make the play in get lesser for you? Or how do you view this LA team? Sick of forking them. They're done. Really? No, I don't. Really? Oh, <laughs> see? Uh, I believed you. I think that is the, uh, that's always the thought, that's right? That's definitely like, what I hear on, on regular talk radio this morning when I was walking in. Uh, you really don't like regular talk radio. Uh, you've taken shots at them multiple Sorry. times today already. Um, no. No, I like them. I'm just saying that's what I was hearing. Mm, so, uh, Kayshawn, Jay Will, and Max, you're not a big fan of, huh? <laughs> I assume that yours you're listening to. Uh, no, look, is it going to be hard, obviously, for the Los Angeles Lakers to move forward if LeBron James isn't going to play? And especially if, the offensive returns that we've seen from this team without LeBron James are real. It's only three games, but an offensive rating of 103 is not very good. So if those are going to be legitimate points of data that are going to play out as the rest of the season goes along, then yeah, I mean, they might kind of be screwed, but I, I don't really think that's going to be the case. They're going to get better in terms of their schedule. They have the third easiest schedule left in the NBA. So that's going to be something that helps out with them. If you're looking at it, you have, let's see, two games against the Rockets. You got two games against the Bulls, the Thunder, which are going to play today, you know, the Pelicans, the Jazz, like those are a couple of those are similarly rated teams. So those are going to be closer to coin flips, but that's a schedule that is manageable to at least tread water until LeBron James comes back. And really, like really what you're looking for is just make it to the play in mm -hmm. because then you have a shot. If LeBron James is going to be around, I think the problem that the Lakers run into the question shouldn't be, can the Lakers make it to the play in, right? Cause I think they can still, the question is stormy. If the play in is the Dallas Mavericks, the golden state warriors, the Pelicans, yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers, or any mix of those four teams, what are their chances of getting out of that? That's, I think, the question that you're asking yourself. So can they can they put themselves in a position to get into the play-in? I think yes. I don't think there's any question that they can still do this even without LeBron James given the state of their schedule. But once they get there, if it's Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, if it's Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, and the Dallas Mavericks, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's a really tough thing to ask, especially if you're only going to be the 9 or 10 and you have to win two games, and if you're the 10, two of them on the road. So if, let's say, hypothetically, okay. the Lakers are in the play-in, they are able to get in. Mm. LeBron James is healthy enough to be back on the court. Are they a dangerous team now that they are in? What's your, what's your um, what do you mean by dangerous? Like actually winning the Western Conference or winning a series against a team that they shouldn't? I would say winning two series. No, I don't think they would realistically do that. I, I think that still defensively, you have questions about how good they're going to be. I think that we've talked about this offense, you know, quite a bit now already. Even let's go to the Mavericks game, right? Against the Dallas Mavericks in the second half, they have an offensive rating of 133. It's a really good offensive rating. That had more to do with Dallas defensively than it did to than it did what the Lakers were doing offensively. And I, I just don't know how much better this team is. They are better, but if we're talking about like you know, ESPN had that panel the other day where they asked them like, hey. Against the Memphis Grizzlies or the Denver Nuggets, who are you taking? Lakers or the other two teams? And like four for four, all of them picked the Lakers. Really? They're not that good. They are a better team. Their pieces fit better together. D'Angelo Russell is still not a good on-ball defender. You still have these pieces around them that I think you have questions about defensively in a best-of-seven series against some of these teams when you're talking about those squads that have these big-bodied wings that you have to take care of, right? Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, all these other squads that have them. Um, who's taking up the mantle of guarding a Steph Curry in a best of seven series. Can you push a team like Denver to like six games? Because I think they're going to have trouble with a team that wants to get up and down the floor. Yeah. But 
winning a series against Denver and then going and winning a series against Phoenix, which is probably like a likely path. I, I just don't think that's a plausible thing. Okay, because you mentioned the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and that crew, I want you to verbalize some of your frustrations that I saw on Twitter last night. Well, I think, and you know, I, I just retweeted it. You can listen to like it's like a ninety second clip from the podcast this morning. And my whole point is the problem I think with the Clippers, you, you had a good thing going. You didn't really need to adjust. And I and I do think to use your thing about talk radio, right? It is easy to go down the talk radio path of Russell Westbrook sucks and it's all his fault. When in reality, I think we we should be talking about is Russell Westbrook was an unneeded addition to a team that had some continuity going. And one of the things to bring up in the podcast. Terrence Mann had been starting a point guard for them. He had started 21 consecutive games before they acquire Russell Westbrook and going into the trade deadline. With Terrence Mann at point guard and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor together, they had a plus 7.3 net rating, an offensive rating of nearly 130. They were great. But then you take him out and you decide to put Russell Westbrook in, and now Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor together with Russell Westbrook has a net rating of nearly negative 14. Their defense is not good, and their offense is nowhere near as good as it once was. Again, it's not Russell Westbrook's fault. What it is is you had a point guard that was working for the team that you had constructed. You desperately needed a backup center. You got it. You desperately needed, I think, a little bit more depth at shooting guard. You got it. You didn't need to add Russell Westbrook to the mix. And even then, I still think he has a role, but it's just he doesn't need to be starting when you have these lineups that are already working for you. So, like, the tinkering just needs to stop. There are, I can point out three or four lineups for the Clippers that are elite, that'll be on par with any of the other lineups that they're going to see in the NBA postseason, but they're still just messing around and doing all these different things. Marcus Morris should not be starting as many minutes as they have. They have Robert Covington, who's not playing any minutes for some reason, even though he's a really good defensive player and a three-point shooter. Uh, like We can go down the list of these weird things that Ty Lue has been doing with these lineups that haven't really been making a lot of sense. There's less than 20 games left. Stop tinkering and start putting lineups out there, they're going to work their best so that you can win some of these games, and that's not what they've been doing. I had bought in pretty recently on the Clippers at 12-1. to 1, and I got them at 14. Like, I'm with you. And then they added Westbrook, and I was like, dang. Yeah, it's like, like the well, potential. Well, no, just because of all of what right. you just said, like it was just unnecessary. It wasn't needed. The, the risk wasn't needed just because he and Paul George have a relationship. Yeah, right. Like the, the, the potential, I don't think there's any denying that the potential is there. But much like we were talking about when we were talking about the Warriors and your rebuttal to me was like, well, they can't win on the road. I'm not going to press back on that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, do we have a, we have a very large sample size of data that says they can't win on the road this year? Um, I'm not going to push back on anybody that would say, I don't trust the Los Angeles Clippers because since January, their offense has been awesome. Their defense hasn't been good and they can't close out games because that's exactly what their MO has been throughout this entire season. But I would just keep pointing to like, there's certain teams, the Clippers, the Pelicans, the Warriors. You can hang your hats on these little data points that show you they can be elite if X, Y, and Z is on the floor for them. They just, the Clippers in this case, have to dedicate themselves to playing those lineups, and they just really haven't shown the want okay. to do it. Um, I was looking through the NBA awards markets. Every award has an odds-on favorite except for coach of the year. Seems like a two-horse race between the Kings coach, Mike Brown, and yeah. Celtics headman, Joe Missoula. Um, is that how you see it, or is there another name in Coach of the Year that's interesting? Yeah, so Coach of the Year is interesting only because so I've talked to – I can't remember who gave me this point, but it was a really good one. And it was it was Coach of the Year is like a, a, an awards market where you don't want to bet it on something that should happen. You have to bet it that something will happen. So I, I say that because like a Jamal Mosley, for example, head coach of the Orlando Magic, I think he should win Coach of the Year. He's been brilliant. He's developed these guys. They've been awesome. But the Orlando Magic aren't winning really games. But if you're like really following the Magic, you understand the coaching job that he's done. So should he win coach of the year or Mark Dagonal, head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunders, done a brilliant job with them? Uh, yeah. 
But will he? No. Will the Sacramento Kings, who are suddenly the three seed in the West and a really nice story, probably win it? Yeah. So I would say, like, you're going down that path. I think Brown's a deserving favorite. Okay. So he and I mean, and the odds are relatively close here. Brown plus 110, Missoula plus 175. But does Missoula, like, get a little bit of a shot because the Celtics were already so good? Yeah. I think that's probably the case. If the preseason stuff kind of loses its luster, right, with Ime Udoka yeah. and everything. Now he's just the head coach, and they're a really good team. All right. We're going to step aside. Harry Gagnon, host of the Against All Odds podcast, is going to join us coming up next. He has some NBA plays and on the ice as well when we come back on the Lombardi line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with our introductory offer of just $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to the daily recap of top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the year, including bracket breakdowns, top plays, and daily props. Don't miss out, though. This is a limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up. Again, just $9.99. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Rolling along here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, Stormy Bonantoni, and JVT in Michael Lombardi getting some vacation time as we welcome in a friend of the show, but my first time getting to meet you, Harry Gagnon. Welcome in, host of the Against All Odds podcast. An episode just dropped, so everybody make sure you check it out. Also, a former Las Vegas sportsbook supervisor at AAO, Harry. Welcome in, Harry. Hey, thanks, Stormy. Pleasure to be here. It's awesome. Thanks. Yes, appreciate you joining us as well. And, you know, a little bit ago, JVT and I were just wrapping up a, a conversation in the NBA talking about the Lakers and their potential when it comes to the postseason and in the play-in, if they can get out of it. What's your opinion on the Lakers? You know, before last night, you know, guys, before last night's game, you know, things were, you know, obviously looking good with the way the Lakers uh, came back from the 27-point deficit against Dallas, pulled that game out. And then LeBron gets banged up, and he's probably going to be out for what I, I guess still maybe two weeks now at least. I just don't think. And before the season started at plus one sixty four, I did give out the Lakers to not make the playoffs, so I'm going to stick with that. Uh, especially considering you know LeBron's going to be out for whatever it's going to be here two plus weeks. Um, you know they've got nineteen games left, and ten of them are against Memphis, Minnesota, Utah, Phoenix, Dallas, and the Clippers. They are one in nine combined versus those teams this year with no LeBron. They don't have anybody to run the point, really. Westbrook would have been okay at this spot, uh, but now he's with the Clippers. It's just no LeBron, not enough help for Anthony Davis. I think no way that the Lakers are going to be able to make this playoff now. So what about the Phoenix Suns and what you think about Kevin Durant's debut tonight? I think you had something here on the game, but before you get to the actual game itself, what do you make of the fit for KD and what the market's done here with Phoenix? Because I tend to think that they've overvalued them just a little bit when it comes to their probability of winning the finals. Yeah, you know what, Jonathan? I, I agree with you because, look, you can't, can't forget what uh, Kevin Durant did last year, which wasn't much in the playoffs for the Nets. Uh, again, he hasn't played in over a month. Uh, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for this team to gel with him and Booker and, and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. Um, they haven't rushed him onto the court. I know he's playing tonight, but he's going to be limited minutes. Um, 
I don't know. I, the Suns had their chance a couple of years back against the Bucks. Didn't close it up to nothing. Then last year was kind of a tough season. Now they're back here with Durant, but no guarantees with Kevin Durant. No guarantees whatsoever. Uh, you got to remember, if it wasn't for him jumping on the uh, Warriors uh, with uh, with Curry and Green and everything, he probably wouldn't have a ring. So because of that, he's got his two rings in Golden State, but nowhere else has he really flourished in terms of getting it done in the playoffs. So no guarantees right now with the Suns. And I, I'll tell you what, I know when no one's looking at this team uh, and just thinks that you know it's going to be uh, probably a cakewalk. But I'll tell you what, the Sacramento. I'll, I'll say that the Sacramento Kings team. I gave them out on against a lot. Uh, a week and a half ago at plus 430 to win the Pacific. Now they're plus 150, uh, the Kings. This team is going to be fun. I'll tell you what, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs, but I will tell you this with the Kings, it's going to be fun watching Sacramento, and that's, those fans are crazy there. Yeah, all the way up to third in the Western Conference now, the way they've creeped up. And you mentioned Kevin Durant on that minutes restriction tonight coming off the MCL sprain, his debut with the Suns. You could imagine a lot of people maybe just hear that Kevin Durant's going to be back on the court and rush to bet the Suns today. What's your approach to this game tonight against the Hornets? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I gotta, I'm got i going to give you guys a teaser. How about this? A five-point teaser. Let's start with that game uh, against the Hornets. I'm going to take the 15. You get 10 points as a spread. Give me another five points on a five-point teaser. So I'm going to take the Hornets with the 15 over the Suns. Again, no KD returns tonight for his first game in a Suns uniform. We said Monty Williams is going to limit his minutes, um, and he's going to have to get used to Booker and Paul, like I said. But the Hornets, the Hornets have won five in a row. That's the longest winning streak of the season. And in the Suns' last nine wins, one of them, just one of them, has been by more than 15 points. So I'm going to take the Hornets at home with a big number of 15 points tonight. I'm going to tease that with the Cavaliers. How about this, guys? Cavaliers plus 10. Lines five, up to 10 on a five-point teaser against the Celtics. Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs are actually 2-0 and this season versus Boston. Uh, and I'm going to take the double digits in that. In, in this, I'm going to take the double digits in this matchup uh, on a teaser. Um, and that, I think that's a solid play, too. Cavs plus 10, Hornets plus 15. Let's go to another matchup t- tonight, Harry. And you and dozens of people are going to be watching the Memphis Grizzlies take on the Houston Rockets. <laughs> uh, what, what do you make of this matchup, and what's your angle here? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go over 230. I really, really like that's my video play. If you go to extrapoints.com, that's my video pick of the day. Um, I'm going to go over 230. First meeting the season was 251. The Rockets, guys, you know, are the worst team in the Western Conference. They give up almost 119 points a game. And in their last nine games, the Rockets, last nine games, six of them, they've given up 130 or more. Give me over 230. Uh, John Morant probably doesn't light it up tonight. But still, the Grizzlies get about 120, 125, and the game goes over 230. Harry, I'm curious, how are you handling, because the Rockets are one of these teams, how are you handling these teams that are at the bottom of the NBA? There's obviously the assumption that these teams are tanking and trying to get into that sweepstakes for the top overall pick. Three teams get the best odds to get it. But uh, betters learned their lesson about that yesterday when the Spurs won a game outright as 10.5-point underdogs against Utah. How do you handle some of these tanking teams in terms of betting on against or staying away from them on a day-to-day basis? It's tough. I mean, obviously, it's very tough. Like you mentioned the Spurs, but you know, it's very tough to take them, to take them in a game. But again, this is what I really like to follow because you just mentioned the Spurs, also the Rockets, just awful, awful on defense. So more than anything else, if you look at this, and you look at the past seasons too for these past couple of teams, awful, especially late in the season. Tanking, I don't know about, but still play very little defense. I lean towards the over because they just give up so many easy baskets. 
I like in these situations, I like to lean towards the over more than anything else. Harry Gannon at AAO. Harry, host of the Against All Odds podcast, joining us here on the Lombardi line. In the NHL tonight, one game that you're looking at is, I, I know it's a leg in a parlay for you, so we'll get to the other leg in a moment, but mm-hmm. the Rangers tonight are at the Flyers. They did just get Patrick Kane. He won't be out on the ice today, but Vladimir Tarasenko and the rest of that top six certainly will be. What's your angle for Rangers-Flyers? Yeah, I know it's a big number here at minus 195, but like you mentioned, uh, Stormy, I do have it in a parlay, but I do like the Rangers at minus 195 over Philadelphia. Yeah, the Rangers are picking up all-stars all over the place. Uh, Going to make a big run in the playoffs. They are 8-4 and four in the last 12. The Rangers are 2-0 and oh against the Flyers this season. Philadelphia, just 3-11 and 11 in the last 14. Tanking, speaking of tanking, down the stretch just like they did last year. And the Flyers are last in the league on the power play. We'll take the Rangers at minus 195 in the first part of the parlay to take care of the Flyers. Sorry, I'm getting distracted. There were some injuries or some move. The screen was lighting up with a, uh, the NBA, so I was kind of getting a, getting distracted by that. Uh, all right, what about lease Oilers in the total here? Because I think it's uh, pretty heavily shaded to the over 5.5, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do an adjusted line, guys, at 5.5 at minus 194. So that parlay, that parlay will play still plus 130. Maple Leafs fourth in the NHL in the, on the power play. Six of their last seven games, the total has landed six goals or more. Edmonton. First in goals in the league, first on power play percentage. Obviously, Connor McDavid's fantastic. Uh, Leon Drysaddle as well. Um, but they are not very good defensively, the Oilers. They're 24th in penalty kills in the league. And in eight of their last nine games, they have landed six goals or more. So over five and a half between the Leafs and the Oilers and take the Rangers to beat the Flyers, two-team parlay pace, plus 130. Yeah, we all know that the Oilers are such a, a high-octane offensive type of a team, yet even with the goal scoring that they've had dropped six of their last eight games straight up mm-hmm. because that's just the style that they play. So hopefully Ekholm being brought in on the back end will be a positive for them. JVT, what, any injury information that you can share uh, with yeah, us? Yeah, actually, uh, so Joel Embiid appeared on the injury report as questionable. So they, that game he got as high as two. Philadelphia was favored. Uh, it is now flipped to Miami minus one. And that is worth noting, not only because he's questionable, wow. but – he usually is listed, is listed as questionable for every single game, but when we came out of the All-Star break, he has not been listed. So oh. that would indicate a downgrade and probably that he's not going to play today. Awesome. Harry, just about uh, 30 seconds left. Anything else that you want to make sure you give out for tonight? Uh, look, I, I think that uh, I think I'm good. I think more than anything else, I think, uh, you know, I know mentioned on this teaser, uh, Cavs, Hornets. But I'll tell you what, I, I like the, the Hornets. Plus the 10. And like I said, I gave him out on plus 15 on the teaser, but plus 10 for the game, too. Again, one five in a row. They're home, uh, getting double digits in a regular season NBA game with KD limited minutes, trying to feel his way around uh, the team with Booker and Paul. I just think this is a situation where um, I'm going to take the 10 at home as well. I'm going to take it on the teaser, but I definitely like the Hornets plus the 10. Awesome stuff, Harry. Appreciate your time. Hey, Jonathan Stormy, thanks for everything, guys. Take care. Harry Gagden. Oh, yeah, So because you're just more important. That's obvious. I agree. Um, follow him at AAO Harry and check out the Against All Odds podcast. Again, a new episode just dropped today. We're wrapping things up on Lombardi Line when we come back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. 
planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Rewards properties located on the Las Vegas Strip or nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Stormy Bonantoni and JVT wrapping things up here on the Lombardi line. We've gotten into a lot of NBA throughout the course of the day. The big news, of course, in the association today that Kevin Durant will make his debut with the Phoenix Suns in Charlotte against the Hornets. And with that, we have our pro tip of the day. Uh, you can find all of our free daily betting tips on vcin.com. But Bing. JVT, this one came from you. Uh, yeah, I, we were talking about this. What? We opened the show. Like, just look for player pops, I would say, outside of Kevin Durant. Now, the betting market odds makers, they haven't had the chance to adjust for his impact in terms of the other guys. How does it impact Evan Booker's passing? How does it impact DeAndre Ayton's points and rebounds? How does it impact Chris Paul's points? They can predict and try to adjust, but they haven't had a sample size or anything to work off of. So I think that's what you're kind of betting, you know, you're going for. You're not running in to bet the Suns. You're not running in to bet KD points over, which actually I haven't checked since we started, but they weren't even up because it's a minutes restriction for them. You're, you're going to attack this from different ways. Yeah, the, the the reasoning, I guess, if people weren't aware of the minutes restriction that you might want to avoid the points props and stuff like that is because there was, I mean, the first time he came back from an injury like this, similarly when he was with the Nets last year, we um, had like 31 points, the next game 37 points, but just be aware this is a little bit of a different situation here um, with the Phoenix Suns. Also, I mean, NBA teams, like they say there's minutes restrictions and then the guys go out and play like 38 minutes. So it could be a minutes restriction and then it could be like a two-score game and they're like, screw it, we need KD we need out there. KD. Right, like, let's put it back out. Um, again, VSIN pro tips available at vsin.com. Become a subscriber Today, we do have a new introductory offer, just $9.99, but pro tips searchable by sport and by show at vcin.com. Also, the biggest news of the day in the NFL world coming out of the NFL Combine was not anything that anyone particularly expected. Coming from Indianapolis regarding former Georgia defensive star Jalen Carter and the warrant that is out for his arrest for his involvement in that January 15th single car crash that killed both a teammate of his and a staff recruiter for the Georgia Bulldogs. He has since put out a statement, JVT, on Twitter, said, This morning I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports have also circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15, 2023. It's my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all the facts are known, that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Pretty much what a statement probably should say. So, there, look, there's questions about this now. We don't know anything going forward. Odds in terms of first defensive player picked, everything like that. Uh, we'll be taking off boards that were already up. Mm -hmm. And from there, we'll see what's going to happen. But I think for the most part, when it comes to this, and especially in an event that is so informationally based, that odds makers already hate putting up too, by the way, that uh, I'm sure that this will just be one where you can leave up first overall pick, 
just you know squeeze his odds a little bit because it seems very clear that he's not going to be the first overall pick. Mm -hmm. That can stay up. But in terms of being the first defensive player selected, those are the things you take down and just wait for some clarity and you'll get him back up. Yes, at the last time I saw it posted, he was a minus 105 odds on favorite to be the first defensive player off the board. So once those odds are adjusted and out, um, once things are kind of sifted through a little bit, we'll be sure to give you that information the best we can. But that is the latest from the Combine in Indy on the Jalen Carter situation. We have a lot of college basketball on the docket coming up tonight, JVT. Yeah. And there are some, you know, lower level programs and schools that are already in conference tournaments, but there are also some of the big boys in action, number of top 25 teams, starting with the first game of the day in the top 25, Xavier and Providence, the number 19 and 20 teams in the country, respectively, at 3.30 Pacific, 6.30 Eastern on FS1. Providence here, a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Total has come down from 153-and-a-half to 151-and-a-half, but two teams that are certainly hungry to cement their March Madness seating and a revenge spot for Providence, who lost to Xavier back on February 1st. Yeah, and we've actually, we saw an overnight at 155, so there, there's even been some spots that were a little bit higher here on the total, so it does make some sense when you're looking at the matchup itself. I will say this is, I always like matchups like this because for the most part, I'm kind of surprised 155 is high, but Xavier's a team that runs. They're 29th in terms of tempo coming into this, averaging about 71 possessions per game. They're an effective offensive team and they're the second best offensive team in terms of efficiency in the Big East. I, I am somewhat surprised that it's drastically fallen in some spots as low as it has. You know, you can get those 151s. I'm going to double check to see if they're still available. Yeah, multiple spots if you want to bet this thing over. Um, so, look, I, I would say I didn't really have a strong opinion here. The market in terms of falling as low as it did made me want to bet this thing over. But I'll say that sometimes I think in college basketball especially, the market tends to overvalue some of these revenge spots because, hey, man, they lost the first time. They, they were looking for revenge. They got to do it this time around. So, of course, that means they're going to cover and that's not necessarily the case. So I'm always wary of going in on teams that are going for revenge because more often than not, the market has already accounted for that. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point because odds makers, we like to think that we can outsmart them sometimes, but they're pretty good at getting ahead of a lot of this stuff. There's, we talked to earlier about just how good the big 12 has been in college mm -hmm. basketball this year. Number nine, Texas at number 22 TCU coming up tonight, TCU, a two and a half, Point favorite in the game they eh, haven't been as good lately as when people had a lot of faith in them dropped what is this five of their last seven games now down the stretch yeah and I just I wonder so in college in college sports for me I have to I think account for situations and spots a little bit more so in, in, in that I, I have trouble evaluating them so like I'll ask you Texas goes to Baylor. They lose that game on the road, a game that they are obviously hoping to be a little bit more competitive in the second half, comfortably in favor of the Bears. Now they have to go on a second consecutive road trip to TCU. A TCU team, as you mentioned, has not been playing particularly good basketball and who went to Texas, lost a close one mm -hmm. themselves. So this is a revenge spot, but a double road games for Texas, right? I, I would think, like, spot-wise, this is not a game that really lends itself to being a favorable situation for Texas. Yeah, it's but it's a weird thing because with TCU, they at least in my opinion lately, they've just been so hard to trust that I've mm -hmm. struggled with it. And so this was a stay away game, in my opinion. Um, I Texas, what's your thought on Texas like long term? Because I feel like when Chris Beard and all of that situation happened with him being suspended and taken off of the, and, and eventually fired, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, that everyone kind of counted this Texas team out and thought that they would be a team to fade down the stretch because 
he is such a wizard when it comes to in-game situations and adjusting. And they've largely like exceeded expectations, I think, from that standpoint. Do they have enough yeah. enough talent, you think, when, when push comes to shove later? Oh, I, I would say so. And look, I wouldn't sleep on Rodney Terry. We know him well, right? Former Fresno, Fresno State, State head coach uh, who had one of the weirdest stories in the world and when he left that Fresno State job. Um, remember, he had a bad dream about a snake, fell out of his bed, broke his nose on his bedside table. It was a very weird story. Uh, but he's a good coach, although he has weird nightmares about snakes. And I, I think that this Texas team – like, if anybody was sleeping on them because that beard was not going to be there, I think they've proven it at this point that that's not going to be the case. Like, they have some really strong wins on the – now, most of them are coming home, right? If you look yeah. at where they have struggled, they have really struggled on the road. Losses to Kansas, Texas Tech, and Baylor all within the last five games and six games, those have all been on the road. But they've taken care of business at home against West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Iowa State. So does that make you a little wary in terms of some of these neutral site settings? Sure. But if you're talking about a team that defends as well as they do still and – I would say that I guess it bothers me. They've given up a little bit along the perimeter, but for the most part, if you're going to tell me they make it to the second weekend, I would not be surprised. What would you make the line for that regular season finale with them hosting Kansas? i would probably be like two, three. You're playing at home, right? Kansas rates as the better team, so it's probably going to be underneath what you give for a full home court, depending on what you give for home court. So I'd say like two. Can I also say really quickly, I'm very interested because, so I like to also in some of these college basketball spots, Kentucky's been ripping off wins left and right now. Everybody's falling in love with them. Uh, but now you get Vanderbilt. The number's up to, I think, 10 right now. Oh, okay. But sometimes the market really, I think, as we win some of these games and the team that you want to be good finally starts to you know, give you some results, they tend to be a little overvalued. So Vanderbilt today against uh, Kentucky, I think, is a really interesting spot. Okay, good stuff, as always. Appreciate you joining me. You're going to be stuck with me for a few more days here Rest on the, the Lombardi line as well. And so on, you'll have Femi on Friday, though. Femi Fridays. Yep. And I'm on Monday and Wednesday next week, so. <laughs> We're going to get real close and personal. And we follow each other on Instagram now. Who knew? But I went <laughs> private again, by the way. So. No, did in, you really? Yep. Too many bots slided in the DMs, as they say. That's it for us. Thanks for joining us on the Lombardi line. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.